Welcome to a new episode of the Nineteen Podcast. Today we're tackling a new subject, and that's trauma-informed lawyering. What is it? What do we mean when we say trauma-informed lawyering, and what are we doing about it? I want to start by really framing the concept of trauma-informed lawyering. And I know, and I caution everybody listening to today's episode to really think about trauma-informed lawyering in context. Now, it means something very different for those of us who represent plaintiffs who have been injured catastrophically as a result of some kind of medical negligence. It means something different for other lawyers. It is a context-specific concept, and it's important that we all think about it that way. What do we mean when we talk about trauma-informed lawyering? Trauma-informed lawyering is a recognition that our clients come to us in a very specific set of circumstances. Our clients come from different backgrounds. They have experienced almost invariably something difficult, adversity, that sometimes amounts to trauma that can be pathologized, but sometimes doesn't. Sometimes it amounts to trauma that is simply understood. It is ingrained in the way that that person carries themselves, the way that they tell their story, the way that they're able to retell their story. It's something that they carry. And as lawyers who are really tasked with retelling and advocating for our client's narrative, it is incumbent upon us to understand that story. You cannot, of course, understand a story without context. Trauma-informed lawyering is a tool to ensure that we have the legal competencies to increase the quality and the efficacy of the service that we provide to our clients who are coming to us in a very specific set of circumstances. Now, that's a very basic way of explaining what trauma-informed lawyering is, but it is a very important way of conceptualizing it because as I'm sure many of us who are listening to today's podcast will know and will recall over the last year, this concept has become a bit of a buzzword. It's something that you hear in the context of EDI, but really trauma-informed lawyering is a much broader issue. It's a much broader concept that needs to be understood specifically based on the service that you're providing to your client. Our thought about trauma informed lawyering is that we need to be more competent and more able to understand narrative in the way that our clients experience it. So for example, a big part of our job is preparing our clients for examinations for discovery. When we're doing that without a trauma-informed framework, we're doing it in a way that is actually incomplete. We're not understanding how this person's experience, their lived experience, how their trauma impacts their ability to retell their story. That might result in an incomplete story that might result in an inability to tell certain crucial aspects of their story. And without a framework to really understand our clients, to really be able to talk to them about their trauma, to understand triggers, to caution opposing counsel about triggers, to have the language needed to do our jobs as advocates for our clients, we're running the risk of not being able to effectively advocate for our client. At Ninestein, we are taking our commitment to understanding content text to another level. And all of our lawyers in the coming months will be completing an intensive trauma-informed lawyering workshop in which they will receive the necessary education to really be able to implement these strategies on a day-to-day 
basis. Today, we're going to hear from Stacey Bailey, our current articling student, who will give us some information and some context for how these issues have been discussed at the law school level, how the expectations that new lawyers have are informing what opportunities firms and mentors are offering to new lawyers, and how important it is to ensure that our new cohort of lawyers are equipped to deal with these issues, both from a client delivery and client service perspective, but also in terms of protecting their own mental health. So Stacey, we've been talking a lot about context in this podcast and how important it is for the work that we do to understand and place our clients' experiences in context. And given that you are sort of embarking on a new chapter of your legal career as a lawyer, I was curious to understand whether this is something that's talked about in your legal training so far. If in law school, you guys talked about context with respect to your client's narratives in a trauma setting. Is this something that they prepare you to talk about? Is this something that's discussed? Are you pedagogy to understand these issues? Are you coming in informed or is this really just all on the job training? Every law student at every law school has to take a course called ethical lawyer. And that's what it was called at Osgood. But that course is two weeks out of your three-year curriculum. And so we talk about context in terms of your client's needs, your role as an advocate for your client. I think we understand the need is there, but at two weeks or no matter how much content you try to pack into those two weeks is enough to really inform your practice at this stage. I can tell you, I certainly don't feel equipped enough to really understand my client's needs or my role in terms of my client's needs. And I'm someone who comes from a diverse background. I'm someone who has had life experiences that inform my life now and in my family's lives now. So the short answer is kind of, but a much more honest answer would be not to the extent that we need in doing this job. Yeah. And I mean, ethical lawyering, which I took as well, is really actually a course that's out of context procedurally Mm -hmm. because it's a separate course that's taken, as you say, for two weeks. It's not something that's repeated throughout your curriculum. It's like ethical lawyering in a vacuum. You know, it's not applied to specific types of law. Everybody owes a fiduciary duty to their client. Everybody is expected to zealously advocate for their client, but we can all agree that advocating for, let's say, a victim of medical malpractice and advocating for a small business owner for a contractual dispute are two different things. And given the work that we do and the work that you're embarking upon now in your medical malpractice career, do you find that having been equipped with that language and with that sort of programming really affecting you right now? Like, are you seeking opportunities to understand your clients in a different way? Are you wondering how, when you are faced with being the lawyer or your individual client, you're going to approach that? Absolutely. I think I understand the implication and outcome. And it impacts me more in the context of being around my colleagues, having interactions and discussions about clients with my colleagues and other 
people in the profession. And I think there's a lack of understanding and that really impacts newer, younger lawyers because we generally don't know what to do day to day. Sure, we understand that we need to treat clients in a sensitive way and we tr need to treat every client individually because every client has their own needs and they're all unique. But what does that mean in terms of advocating? What does that mean in terms of you know, attending with your client at something like examinations for discovery? Nobody teaches you those things. None of the mentors at your firm, as much as they want to develop you professionally, I don't think are equipped with those kinds of skills. I think it's something that you need to seek out. And in fact, I have. You're right. I have seeked that out at this stage. And I'm not even called to the bar yet. I've already recognized the need to have some sort of outside training to understand how do I interact? How do I use the right language? What language is not okay to use? What conversations are revealing themselves in terms of implicit biases and all of those things? Because all of it is really layered. When you talk about trauma-informed lawyering and cultural competence, all of it is layered. And yeah. so understanding that there's a need is the first step. Seeking it out, whether it's in-house or outside of your firm, is something that if you're not in tune with right away, I think you need, we need to ask ourselves, why are young lawyers not recognizing that need? Is it something in the culture of the profession or is it something that we're just missing at the legal education stage? Yeah. And I think the problem with trauma-informed lawyering as a concept is that it's very quickly becoming a buzzword yes. and it's becoming something that is talked about a bit superficially. Mm -hmm. And so a part of what we're doing in this podcast is always unpacking context specific to what we do, which is advocating for, as we always say, catastrophically injured people. I mean, in addition to it being an ethical issue, it really is a bottom line issue. You will be a better advocate. You'll be able to explain and advocate your client's narrative and retell your, their experience if you understand their experience and you can't understand their experience outside of context. And trauma is context. One of the reasons that we are implementing firm-wide training and formed perspective is so that our new vintage of lawyers are right from the get-go prepared to deal with these issues and lots of other things from a cultural competency perspective, of course, that play into this program that, that will be put forth. And I encourage you to seek out other opportunities to continue learning. Is there anything else from a trauma-informed perspective lens that you want to talk about? I just wanted to mention, I think you hit it on the head when you say that it's really becomes the firm's responsibility and the mentorship's responsibility because one thing that I've noticed at least with my colleagues is some people are in tune with the need and people understand it I think from honestly from a personal perspective I think my understanding of the need for cultural competency and trauma-informed lawyering comes from my own lived experiences comes from my community being a BIPOC person exactly comes from my family. But what about the people who don't have those experiences? I mean, I think it would be radical to say that there are people who don't have trauma at all, no matter what background. I think everyone experiences to some extent, at least, trauma in one way or another in their lives. But what about the people who don't have the same barriers and the same life experiences? Yeah. Are they aware of the need? And when I, when I talk to some of my colleagues, even at this stage, you know, we're not even called to the bar yet. I'm already starting to see that awareness might not be there. So as I mentioned earlier, our firm has made a commitment to really go deeper and understand trauma-informed lawyering and put into practice the tools that a framework like this can offer us. And so please stay tuned for a recap of our experience with that workshop, our abilities that emerge from that workshop to really put into practice these tools and tips. 
And we look forward to definitely hosting more discussions about this very important issue. 